0: Hey, we're live.
1: All right. Welcome to the uh, session, gentlemen, Andrew Korn and uh, Lee Seba. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And I know uh, some of you had the earlier sessions and we really appreciate this one. So uh, I'm just going to start, you know, with my introduction and then I'll kind of turn over to uh, Uh, you, Andrew, and uh, Lee. So I'm Kiran Garmila. I'm the uh, Chief Scientist and CTO for CoreConnex. And I've been in the financial services industry uh, for many, many years, uh, you know, with the large uh, companies uh, as a global CIO for General Electric um, and other companies of such ilk and um, also have experience uh, as a a personal uh, trader myself in uh, various types of markets in this space. And obviously, the entire private capital markets uh, is a very, very exciting space to be in. So, uh, you know, uh, every one of us in this entire ecosystem, our partners, all of us, right? We are on a mission to educate everyone about, you know, how to be really successful in this type of environment. Um, with that, I'm going to turn over uh, Andrew, if you will introduce yourself uh, briefly and then uh, Lee.
0: Sure. Um, thank you. i Andrew Korn. And anyone who was at the last session, I was there. <laughs> um, the uh, founder and chief strategist at E5A Integrated Marketing. Um, we are a systematic, data-driven investor acquisition firm. Um, we work all across um, investor acquisition, meaning we work in real estate, we work for exchange-traded funds, hedge funds, venture funds, private equity, and of course, doing private raises in Reg D and Reg A plus. Oh, thanks, That's-
2: Andy. Uh, Lee Seba, I'm the head of market structure for Rialto Markets. We're a, uh, a broker dealer in the United States. Um, we help companies uh, form capital within um, the Reg A, CF, and D constructs. Um, we're registered in all 50 states. We also run a secondary trading platform, uh, which is um, an alternative trading system, or you'll hear this called an ATS which allows us to match buyers and sellers of these private securities. Um, a quick background on, on me. Um, I've been in the financial services, uh, markets for over 20 years. Um, the last, uh, 18 years prior to Rialto, uh, I spent at Wellington management, which is an asset management firm, um, located in the Boston area. And I also co-chair the fixed trading community, which is a, um, an industry standards organization that focuses on um, on the uh, the trade communication standards um, the, that that allow us to do such trading.
1: Awesome. Thanks, thanks, Lee, and um, you know, thanks, Andrew. So um, I, I just want to um, give an opener question and you know, kind of get a uh, you know sense uh, uh, from both of you. Uh, in this whole, you know, reggae space and to be really successful in this one and specifically from a uh, medtech ecosystem perspective, um, there's this whole notion of there's a initial capital raise, uh you know, investment happening. And then of course, what happens after that, right? We made an investment, I'm an investor in reggae, I did this stuff and then what happens, right? So um, Lee, I'm going to uh, point to you first and see, uh, you know, to what extent this, uh, is there a perception of the secondary markets in these types of environments, right? Capital markets, and what is the sense of maturity and eagerness for people to participate in something like this?
2: Sure. Yeah. No. Thanks, Karan. Uh, you know, it's it's a great question. I think, you know, the Jobs Act was huge, right? In in this in this space, uh, it allowed for the first time, you know, retail and accredited and institutional investors to actually participate in these. Um, you know, early stage growth companies, and you know, it, it's it, it still astonishes me. You know, and I, I, hopefully, people haven't heard me talk about this before. But mm-hmm. you know, prior to 2012, it would be illegal to own you know early stage companies, um, you know, uh, like like a Tesla or um, you know, um, you know, Amazon or something, something of that effect. You know, so, something that's a household name now. Before they went public, uh, it was illegal. You know, so, um, you know, it's it's and it hasn't been that long. Um, So now with the Jobs Act, it allows uh, participants to actually, um, you know, get invested in those companies. And, you know, there's a lot more opportunities. There's, you know, I hear a lot of different numbers and I don't know if you guys can back these up, too, but somewhere between 28 and 32 million private companies in the United States alone. um, And I'm not sure, you know, let's just call it 30 million uh, to be to be simple. Um, now, you know, investors would have access to, to uh, a number of them in the primary market. Big deal. That's a, it's a huge deal. Um, you, know, you, you can invest, you can put those things into your IRAs now, um, in your retirement savings, or you can you know, just put them in your general portfolio. Um, that's all well and good. Um, the problem, one of the problems, you know, with, with that, though, was that there was no way to to get in or out of um, of those securities. So, you know, if you wanted to realize some gains, if you wanted to um, if you had to sell for a particular uh, reason or you wanted to buy more uh, or get into it at all because you missed it in the primary, there was no mechanism to to allow for that. So. Hence comes the secondary market infrastructure. So, you know, at, at Rialto, we have a, what they call an alternative trading system, again, which allows that secondary trading where you can put an order on, whether to buy or sell. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you find the other side, um, you know, w- within reasonable, um, you know, price constraints. So that, that's, you know, we got a one two punch, I think, as far as magic goes. One, you know, you can invest in these, you know, awesome early stage or potentially awesome. Not all of them will be awesome, but a lot of them, you know, hopefully will be. And then um, and then you can trade in and out of those securities, you know, later on. And each one of the constructs in the private realm, you know, whether it's A or CF or D, have different um, regulations around them Mm -hmm. uh, about how soon you can trade them. But you can trade them going forward.
1: Yeah. uh, Awesome. Um Andrew, so if I turn this to the other side for a second, and from an investor perspective, so you know you're very much tuned into you know how investors think and the behavior, and I know you do a lot of wonderful analytics on them. Um, how do you see investors perceiving this whole value proposition of secondary trading? Is that something that uh, they consider to be, it's uh, attractive when there's an issuer and there is the facility for secondary trading. Uh, how does that play into this equation?
0: Yeah, so it, it's something that always comes up once they're really thinking about it. Remember, we've got millions of people investing for the first, second or third time in a private company. It's not something they've been doing forever, uh, although some people have been doing it most of their careers. But um a lot of people are new to this. So we have some fixed income uh, Reg A pluses we're working on where Mm -hmm. basically you invest, it's like buying a bond and you're getting yield. Even in those, people will want to know is the redemption policy. And in almost every offering circular, you know, it is the right of the issuer to, especially in an emergency situation, to take care of a redemption. But What if it's something paying 10% and you need to get out, but someone else wants to get in? So, bam, an ATS is a way of you're putting it out there and the issuer doesn't have to redeem. What if it's a long-term hold? Um, We've had some VC-type holding companies that we've worked for. And generally, you know, you think of a VC fund, it's a five or ten-to-year hold. So. One of the things investors want to know is, is, you know, are there a thousand people waiting to make that trade? They don't need to know that. What they want to know is is that they don't have to go to some specialized brokerage that's then going to have a team make phone calls and charge them, you know, more than their stock is worth to facilitate that trade. So um, we do work with, of course, your firm and also with Lee's firm. And what's so great about that is that on almost every deal that we're working on, there is the ability for them to put it on a secondary marketplace. It is a supply and demand market at that point. But even if you find your own buyer privately, um, it is so great to have a marketplace in which to
1: facilitate that. Awesome. What do you feel, um, and, and I'm going to turn to Andy, and then hopefully you, know, Lee, you can chime in as well. Um, how? Um, if, you, if you're looking at issuers and kind of helping them succeed uh, throughout this process, um, how much of an emphasis would you put on their ability to understand the secondary market, secondary trading as a value proposition for their uh, company, uh, for, their, for their offering?
0: So I would answer that, that most issuers don't want to mm-hmm. see their shares trading all over the place the way you would a public company. But I think it's very comforting for them to know that there, if there are people who didn't get in or you hit certain milestones, it's a way of them figuring out valuation. So if they sold at $10 a share, they've hit another milestone and someone wants to buy at $30 a share. That gives them an idea if they want to do another offering. Um, so there's a lot of ancillary information that comes their way by putting their shares on the ATS. Or making sure that investors can buy, sell, hold. The and as I said, you know, our job in the marketing world is creating a lot of fear of missing out. And um, anyway, uh, you know, so when people didn't get in, if they can buy shares from anyone who has buyer's remorse in those first thirty days that's a really nice thing also, um, compliance, willing on everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, Of course.
2: Yeah, no, I, would like to add a little bit to that too, you know, it, it, you know, this comes up a lot and, um, you know, I, I think the, the attitudes are, are evolving quite rapidly. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've talked to, uh, we've, 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 talked to, we've, we've spoken to, um, you know, several firms who say, you know, we, we, we stay, we're staying private, you know we're not we don't we don't have plans to go public anytime soon or ever um we, we've been private now for eight or ten years you know we thought we might go uh public to you know in our first two or three years uh and we granted you know employee stock um now you know those those employees have been with us for you know some extended period of time and you know they've had life-changing events they wanted to buy a house they have children college whatever um now they want to realize something, right? So, so they, they have paper value and um, you know equity in the company, but there's no way to really uh, realize that um, through an ATS mechanism. You know that that is possible. So th- those have been very interesting conversations. As a, it, it's almost like an employee benefit. Um, you know for for their folks that have mm-hmm. you know stuck through and, and and been there, uh, especially if the company's doing quite well. You know, there are are folks that actually want to, you know, from the outside that want to get, you know, some some taste of that. Um, I think, you know, the the other the other um, opportunity here is around, um, you know, you can have a a real time order book so you can see a real time price at any given moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also a factor of the amount of investors that you actually have already on the cap table, again, working with, you know, core connects and, you know, making Mm -hmm. sure that, all that ticks and ties. But if you have, you know, and I'm going to say the F word, uh, uh, Quran, which is short for fluidity, you know, <laughs> we, we can't guarantee, um, you know, any sort of liquidity, but we can um, guarantee some fluidity that, you know, we can streamline the process back to what Andrew was saying, um, you know, where, you know, it's you don't have to pick up the phone, call some specialized broker. They make 50 calls. They charge right. you an arm and a leg. You know, you, you can put your order into the ecosystem. You know, the ATS. Um, we can easily transact, and after the hours and hours and hours, Karan and I have spent on the phone, and you know, nights, you know, making sure this processes work, um, to you know, validate that that the you know the orders are good and succinct, and get updated on the cap table, and everything's lined up. So there's a lot of different opportunities here. Um, the, the other piece too, where where we've seen it does have some some traction is around um an auction or a point in time cross mm-hmm. so if you have, um you know if you have 500 investors or you have you know a hundred thousand investors obviously your liquidity profile is probably going to be a little bit different um so what what would what, what were um you know capable of doing here is is creating a time you know let's call it June 7th um you know at noon time eastern you know please you know put in your orders and we're going to cross between noon and 12:15 um so we can aggregate orders all the way up until that that moment and um you know get all the flow at, at one time as opposed to a real time limit order book where orders are resting there and you're waiting for a fish to kind of you know swim by Hopefully, um, you know, with your hook in the water, we can get all the fish in the same pond at the same time and then they'll do what they do.
1: No, absolutely. So um, will there be a huge um, behavioral change and expectations because, uh, you know, when people get the secondary markets or ask about secondary markets, uh, because most people have come from and have experience with the public markets, I mean, the way they behave, their expectation for liquidity, for order fulfillment, uh, and so on, or program trading, and so on. I mean, people have a perception of that. Um, Is it going to drastically change? Are we seeing the groundswell of a whole segment of the population, which are becoming bigger than the private, you know, the public markets, where they have a different level of connection and different style of uh, you know secondary uh, market activity.
0: Yeah, so let's start with the New York Stock Exchange is mm-hmm. the largest secondary market out there, and then the Nasdaq. Mm-hmm. So although mm-hmm. the OTC may may uh, beg to differ and say they're actually larger than both, mm-hmm. uh, but there are shares on the New York Stock Exchange which will have mm-hmm. zero volume today. That's Mm -hmm. because there are not active buyers and they're not active sellers. So it is a supply demand market. It will always be. Um, There are a lot of logistics and technology that go into making for smooth markets. Um, There are market makers. There's uh, the floor brokers, uh, you know, the specialists, as they're called. A lot of that has disappeared um, with the whole electronic trading. And firms like Rialto have done an incredible job with getting this technology together um, and marrying it with a TA like Core. Um, but it is a supply and demand market. And um, if there are no buyers and there are sellers, the price could drop, or there could just be crickets. There could be no one's just interested. So um, you know, for people to sell shares, there have to be buyers. For people to buy shares, on the other side of that, there have to be sellers. So if you have a hot issue and it's doing really well, people want to get in. um, You know, this is uh, we live in a capitalist society. If it came out at ten dollars, maybe it needs to sell at one hundred because someone's just dying to get in, um, in which case that will motivate sellers. I mean, how much do we know? Why do we know how much Apple computer is worth right now? You can go to the Nasdaq and get a price because that's what people are willing to pay. Um, it's just a very large market for that particular issuer.
1: That's right, that's right. Um, so um, I, I know we're running a little bit out of time and uh, you know we know we have we have one-on-one conversations with you know uh, us here and we can go on for hours on this stuff. It's pretty exciting actually. Um, uh, what I would like to do is you know maybe um, if you can uh, summarize, again, I apologize for the interest of time, but if you can summarize, Um, You know, the key takeaways that you feel that issuers and investors need to know uh, and to be prepared, especially the issuers need to be prepared for, uh, you know, a reggae and what would be good for them to know as one or two or three really key takeaways in terms of the value of the secondary market uh, facility. Lee, you want to go first?
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, understand the, the constructs where, where you where you're raising your capital. You know, is it a Reg D? Is it a Reg A? Is it a Reg CF? Um, and 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 ask yourself the question. You know, do I want to mm-hmm. you know perform secondary trading or allow secondary trading once the seasoning periods are uh, are met for each one? And just you know, as as a you know, quick sidebar. You know, reg C F, you know, once the once the raise is done, it's it's a year maturation process, 12 months. Um, you know, reg A is um is uh you know as soon as the as soon as the raise is complete. And you know, and again, I'm using kind of general-ish terms, but uh, and then reg D is for you know accredited investors only and there is a 12 month hold period on that. For most instances, you know, mm-hmm. there is always some some uh, odd exceptions, but um you know just understand what your which one you know facilitates um you know the, the what you're trying to accomplish as an entity and um you know just understand understand the jobs act a little bit and, and what's underneath it and you know we're we're here to serve we've got we do have the ecosystem available um across you know uh core Connex and uh rialto to to facilitate both primary and secondary um fluidly Awesome. Uh, you had
0: to get in the F word. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Excellent. I would yeah, not heard the F word before, but I like it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, to issuers, I say don't ignore the ATS and say it's something we'll do after we close. You need that facility before you close. And if you do the math quickly, if you're raising $20 million, your average investors putting in 2200, bam you have a boatload of shareholders. If you, you don't want phone calls saying, you know, something's happened I really want to sell my shares, let them put it on the ATS. Um, and then also as you're doing investor communications, that ATS might start to light up. So, um, you know, it it is something It definitely helps in marketing to have that in place. And, um, it's also a very
1: practical tool. Awesome. Andrew Korn, CEO of E5A Integrated Marketing and Lee Seba, Head of Market Structure, Rialto Markets. Gentlemen, it's always been a pleasure talking to you guys. You guys have so much insights that you bring from your wide experience, both in investor analytics and in uh, you know capital markets. Really appreciate it. Thank you
2: so much for being here with us. Thank you, Karan. Good Thank to see you, Andrew.
0: Good to see Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.